Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 531 of Longbox Heroes. Todd and Joe here, Todd. Last month of the year 2020. Yes, it is. Last year of 2020? Last month of the year 2020. Ah, I just heard last year of 2020. And it made me nervous. <laughs> well, hopefully this will be the last 2020 ever. Yes. Well, I don't know. Hugh Downs would be sad if that happened. Is Hugh Downs still alive? I don't think so. I don't know how many people from 2020 are still alive, but... uh I know, uh, who is it? Uh, Andy Rooney is, is, is long past. Yeah, it's true. So. No, Morley Safer is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. I think Barbara Walters is. I haven't, who's, who's watched 2020 in the last, like, however many years? I watched 2020, like, three weeks ago. Yeah? For one segment. They had some, they had the guy who's gonna, like, give out, the, who's in charge of when we do get the vaccine. For that, and he was talking Fauci? about it. it was really interesting. Now I was interested. I was watching football and it came on. They're like, and we're talking to this guy, and I'm like, oh, there's no football for another hour and a half. I got or an hour, I got time. So I forget who I was saying it to when people were talking about the vaccine. I'm like, I want to go um and find the people who are upset about the vaccine mm-hmm. so I can get their vaccine. Get double vaccine? I want quadruple vaccine. Oh, and and just for the record, Hugh Downs passed away in July of this year. So mm-hmm. once again, 2020, you take another, you know, you just ruin something good. So, <laughs> well, uh, let's get into the show this week, right? Uh, we have a very interesting news segment, one that we haven't had since the beginning of the pandemic. Right, Hugh Downs would really like this new segment. Sure. Uh, digital books and sales, specifically on some sales, some uh, notable things to mention, at least one. Uh, what we read this past week, which includes Suicide Squad number 11, Doctor Doom number 9, and Department of Truth number 3. Uh, what we're looking forward to coming out this week, uh, a robust Todd's Art Attack, and uh, a spoiler-filled discussion of the most recent episode of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So, Todd, the news this week is that there is no news. What? No news is good news, Joe. Well, no news is good news means we have to vamp more. That is true, but we're wonderful at it, so... <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> not to say that there was not news, like, there was news, but it was just, like bips and bops and things that really had no meat on the bone if you will right yep like between me you and the wall i don't care that they snuck a dan didio cameo in middlemen but i am kind of like sad that that's now that technically dan now dan didio's done with dc i guess with this with this 12th metal man it seems it's the end of an era joe as a good rib, they should have kept that one last issue, like his, uh, what was it, the 12 was the uh, miniseries that... <laughs> went 11 issues? Went 11 issues. For 10 issues or whatever it was. Yeah. 
I don't know. Maybe he'll be in the final issue of Inferior 5 when it comes out. Maybe. Hey, uh, is Spider-Man still on schedule with uh, the J.J. Abrams Jr.? Ooh, let me check. See, lots of stuff we could talk about. If we, when we're not, uh, you know, stuck with a rigid schedule, you know, well, anything kind of like happen. evergreen stuff, you know? Right. It's barely real. And there's like Daredevil spoilers out there, but I'm a little behind on Daredevil, you know? Oh, I hear it's that's going for 20 some dollars on eBay per, per issue. I know what the spoiler is. It's interesting. I won't tell yeah. you because you'll be sad. No, I, you know, I, said, I, I, sadly, I know more than I, I let on. Uh, um, so it is claiming that Spider-Man is supposed to be in stores next week. J.J. Abrams' son's Spider-Man. Which I believe it's going to be because even with Doomsday Clock, um, you'd, we'd, you'd always get the, the latest you could do the bump was two weeks before the book came out. Because well, those are... Those right, will so, be diamond yeah, by now. weeks. The latest they could do it is actually like the Friday. Like it would have been this past Friday. They would have needed to have notified stores. Right. But it always seems like we would get the, yeah, we would get it on the Wednesday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. it would be like, oh, next, next, you know, next two weeks from now, it, Doomsday Clock moves. So I think Spider Man pretty much is, unless there's a horrible truck accident and all the copies are destroyed, it's going to happen. Or somebody steals them all from the England uh, diamond warehouse. It's there on the list. Mm. We should probably read all of that at some point. Nah, nah, nah. If there's going to be any Spider-Man thing we're reading, that's something different. Oh, my goodness. That's that's not for you. That's for someone else. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, again, no news, sadly. Right. Quick segment. Um, so, you know, I'll move that to later so we can talk about the digital books and sales. Okay. Uh, all those Black Friday sales have come and gone. Um, you know, but there is still a lot of lingering things here. Best of Valiant sale, Best of Oni Press sale. Uh, Marvel still has their world-shattering events sale. Batman and Catwoman sale because the Batwoman or Batman Catwoman book that comes out this week. Mm-hmm. Though I would read a Batwoman Catman series too. I would too. I'm surprised as a rib DC didn't do that. Just right. because, get, you know. Get get Gail Simone on the blower. It's time. For sure. Um, Boom is having a sale on their World Wrestling Entertainment comics that they did. I don't think they do anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, Marvel is having a sale on Vision and Scarlet Witch-related stuff. Now, this always makes me wonder, since the the show is now not scheduled to come out until, like, mid-January, mm-hmm. was this something that was in the pipeline that they just decided to keep on the schedule, even though it's not, like, coinciding with the show coming out? Well, if it, I think it's kind of like back in May when they had the Black Widow sale, Joe. Yeah. I'm pretty sure... The middle of December was the original drop date for WandaVision. Gotcha. And it got pushed back a month, which would make sense with the sale because, as we all know, the guy at the Switch doesn't change any of the buttons. If it's programmed in, it's not his problem. Right. Just let it, just let it go. So that's what I think happened. 
No, I know, I know, I may have mentioned it before, but this is probably something they've covered on uh, Puzzle Warriors Three. That there was a bunch of Marvel Puzzle Quest Black Widow related stuff mm-hmm. that one would have assumed would have come out in May, but I think they had enough lead time there. Right. But it ended up coming out in game last month. Okay. Like Red Guardian as a character, you know, a bunch of Black Widow themed events and stuff like that. Right. And I think it was something at that point, it was either it's in the pipeline already, we're not changing it, or. It's, you know, who cares at this point? Like, it's just going to get delayed again, so we're not going to delay it anymore. We've delayed it once, and that was enough. Right, and wasn't Black Widow at one point in November of this year? Like, it got bumped uh, from yes. May to November, and then it was like, now nah, we're just doing May of next year again, so... Well, it went from May to November, then it went to Christmas, and mm-hmm. now it's May of next year. Right, well, Wonder Woman 84 is at Christmas. Yeah, uh, but Scarlet Witch Vision Sale, that Tom King Vision series, mm-hmm. uh, you can get the full twelve issue run for eight bucks. Not bad. That's that's a good deal. That's less than a buck an issue, you know. Or less than a buck a, or a, a panel per page. <laughs> Those nine <laughs> panel pages. But um, IDW is having a sale on the Star Wars Adventures, like the all ages Star Wars book that they do, mm-hmm. and. A sale until the 31st of December. Uh, Dark Horse is having a sale on all of their Aliens and Predator related books. I wonder why. Yes, we've been here before when Dark Horse did the fire sale, if you will, uh, (laughs) on their Star Wars stuff. Now, this is still through Comixology. I don't know if Dark Horse, because if you remember uh, when they had the Star Wars one. They did like, okay, here's our sale, but then here's like an a la carte thing where you could just get every Star Wars comic we ever published for like one low price. Right. And don't forget, this is the third time we're here, Joe. What was the first one? Star Wars was the first one. Okay. Conan was the second one. Conan was the second one. And the third Uh, one is Aliens Predator. So I don't know what. um, Buffy as well? Um, I don't know. No, so I'm looking at the dark, like the Dark Horse front page of their site, you know, mm-hmm. and there's no like catch-all. It's like everything for one price, sort of right. thing. Uh, let's see. Usually they lead with that, you know. Right. I don't think there's anything left for Marvel to take from Dark Horse. <sighs> I'm sure if I look hard enough, they could buy Hellboy. Uh, probably. There you go. Uh, so all the links to all that stuff is in the show notes. Uh, as is uh, links to friends and related folks of the show, whether it be soon to be named network, soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. There's too much stuff going on on the website. I have to dig too deep to find stuff, you know? Right. Well, that's your job. I could dig if only. It involves a ringtone maker, but... Right. Um, you could check out our local shop, Comic on the Green. They do a brisk mail-order business. And uh, Dave and the crew are always having some sort of something going on. There's a link there to their Facebook page. So you can get all the information on new releases, mail orders, sales that he's doing if you want to support uh, local, if you will. Which, uh, you know, I try to do in these times. 
I think his big thing now is hidden max bucks. Yeah, I'm excited to do that tomorrow when I go for get the, my books. You gonna get them? Look for the max bucks. No, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to find as many as I can and then hide them in different spots. Oh, I thought you were gonna do a max bucks counterfeit opportunity. I could. There you go. Just be out the front door. It's like five bucks off. Here, two dollars for five bucks off. Here's a max buck. Oh, that's quite the opportunity. <laughs> Uh, but you can also check out our friend uh, Becky's Instagram page where she does a lot of art. She's actually been doing some commissions lately, doing some covers for some stuff. I saw she did a cover for uh, Jay, like a like a like a sketch cover on James Tinian's "Something Is Killing the Children" from Boom that yeah. got into James Tinian's purview and he dug it. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um. You could also check out friends of the show, uh, Jason Sandberg, his book. Jupiter is linked and Chris Runt's Battle Monsters. Both of those are available digitally. You can get those linked up through our uh, uh, Comixology, whatever, that are in the show notes, etc. And then uh, Rick Williams has the Chop Shop where he does all of his little resin things, uh, wrestling figures. Uh, he has a bunch of, uh, like, it'll be like, uh, they kind of look like the old muscle figures, but then they'll be similar to popular wrestlers. Or he has McDonald's-related ones. All sorts of different cool stuff like that. Star Wars stuff. I know a lot of people. And he actually has a bunch of uh, Christmas stuff up there because tis the season. Yes, sir. Uh, But I know there's a lot of people who work in resin these days. And uh, Rick was one of the first people that I knew that did it uh, at this level. Right. Uh, So, you know, these are friends of the show. Go check them out and their wares and their so forth. And like I said, soon-to-be-namednetwork.com. It's going to be named network.tumblr.com. Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, Wednesday Night War, Moving moving and Grooving. Wednesday Night War have their own separate T Public store and they're branching out onto other wrestling websites. Wow. Uh-huh. Good for him. Well, you know, Michelle's the person behind all that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> she's hoping to move the wrestling completely out of her house. That's right. I hope I move it to another County. Yes. And, uh, of course, at odds with wrestling, Adam makes his triumphant return this week <laughs> after his one week off and the, uh, smash sensation of the draft episode that I did last week where I lost, I lost in my own gimmick that I did. Oh my God. You had home field advantage and you blew it. I know I did. Oh, <sighs> Uh, anyway, hey, let's get into comic book talk. Actual comic books that we actually read in the past seven days. <laughs> Where would you let's, like to start uh, there? Let's hmm? start with uh, Suicide Squad number 11, since that was the book that we were both most looking forward to coming out this week. Okay. Uh, written by Tom Taylor, art by Bruno Redondo. Mm-hmm. There's uh, too much loosey-goosey with what we call the team. Okay. You know, it's Suicide Squad, it's Task Force X, and then by the end of the book, they have a new name as well. Right. Well, the Task Force X was the government name. The Suicide Squad was the name they gave themselves. So that people always were confused about that. Just So I figured you might need an explanation. 
Well, listen, I, I, I know that they're both interchangeable, but now that you've added a third new name in there. Mm-hmm. So let's say I liked this entire run. Right. You know, we had discussed a while ago before this got announced that you were kind of heaping praise on Tom Taylor. And I said, well, whatever the next big high profile thing he does is I'm going to hop on. And it happened to be this. And I happen to really like this, you know, uh, mm-hmm. using the Suicide Squad name, using some established characters, specifically Harley Quinn and Deadshot, to kind of give the rub, if you will, to several brand new characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, very smart way. That's, you know, that was probably the way that Suicide Squad worked back in the day. But it was much more like we I think the comic reading public were not as hip to what was going on. Okay. Does that make any sense? Like, here's some characters that we haven't used in a while. Let's use, like, some big-name characters to give some shine to some lower-end characters in the hope that we could, like, revitalize these characters that no one uses. But here, it was just brand-new characters. Right. And then in the the, the old days, the B-listers and the C-listers, it was like, oh, if we can make them interesting, we can make them interesting. And the one we can't, cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. So... So this ends with issue 11, and I think when this was announced that it was going to be ending with issue 11, you and I were both like, oh, man, that means it's going to be like some sort of new book that spins out, right? hmm And it definitely feels that way because it puts forth like a new status quo for the team. Right. I feel as though it has at least three or four loose endings that really didn't get addressed. I agree. And here we are now, we know what's coming out up to February, and there's no, you know, book with these characters announced, and obviously, one would assume that's because of... Future State. Future State. Right. I was going to call it Future Fight, but Future State works. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope that that, Future State, doesn't kill what possible momentum there could be with whatever's spinning out of this book. I agree, and I also feel that this was this storyline was supposed to be twelve issues at least. Yes, because as you go through this book, like I love everything that happened. I love the whole like wrap up. I love you know a certain character comes back from everything that's going on. We get who he's in like who he's involved with, and I'm like, okay, this is all like cool stuff. Like you said, leaving it hang, but I feel like we got about halfway through the issue, and it was like. Uh, all right, all these stories, blah, blah, blah. This is what we got. Let's wrap it up and move into the, the new section, like you said. So I'm kind of sad. I feel like if it was one more issue, it might have been a better ending, even though it all works. But I'm hoping when we get the the, the solicitations for DC at the at closer to the end of this month, that there's a a book with the name of the, the group that there's going to be and everything like that. But I, I hope so because – I love all the characters in this. And like you said, I'm a Tom Taylor guy. So I I just hope, but I I just, I think a new number one will kind of help it too. And there's some interest in it. And then we'll get like the, you know, the push for the, the Jimmy pistol suicide squad movie and kind of, you know what I mean? Like maybe all that can help do what it's going to do, but whatever, whatever he does with these characters, I will definitely read it. Right, so like I said, hopefully that they get something out. Hopefully this could be um, one of the books in the forefront of whatever's going to be in March mm-hmm. for DC. 
Um, but listen, I, you know, and obviously there's like maybe like one or two big things that happen that I don't want to like step on too much. Right. Um, or spoil or whatever. But the, the thing, I don't feel as though Ted Cord got a resolution. Um, he did. And, you know, it's not much of a spoiler. They just, at some point, one of them reads his mind and goes, they know who he is, a.k.a. the Blue Beetle. And they're like, yeah, he was, he's good. He just got manipulated. Like, or he got, we believe his story that he got kidnapped. And that was it. I do believe if they didn't have to compress this storyline, we would have got more. And maybe if they do another mini or an ongoing or whatever, like they may touch on that. But I feel like it's it's said and done and gone and kind of just swept under the rug. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the stuff that happened previously with um, Superman, of course. I feel as though that like kind of came and went. And, you know, when you have Superman in a book like this, I think maybe you could have did a little bit more with it. You know, obviously, there's a deal with the Justice League in here. Right. But it just kind of feels as though, like, the Justice League shows up just so there could be that scene where they get yelled at. Yes. But I will say this. You're talking about Superman being in this book. It wasn't Superman, so it doesn't really matter. You get what I'm saying, though. Right. No, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm getting it. It just felt like, too, like, we kind of had in the last issue to get some, some big names in here. But I will say like the scenes with uh, Harley Quinn and Deadshot's daughter were, yeah. were really great. Like I was like, like Tom Taylor, when he wants to bring the room down, like he can too. So uh, yeah, just, you know, good, good book. Wish it, wish it went on longer, but what can we do? Right. But it was good. Check it out. Hopefully that it gets a little bit more love when uh, DC's done doing whatever they're doing at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, let's move on to uh, something else that we both read from this past week, which was Department of Truth number three, uh, written by James Tinney IV with art by Martin Simmons. Right. So the premise of Department of Truth and Department... You know, we talked here the last couple of weeks... Uh, of some of the big heavy hitters that Image has kind of wheeled out in the last third here of 2020, uh, crossover being one, and this being another one. Uh, but I've been pitching, you know, both these books to people, like anyone who will listen, like even non-comic book people. I'm like, you should really check out these two books. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pitch, elevator pitch, if you will, for Department of Truth is there is a secret government agency whose job it is to discredit as much as they can conspiracy theories, because if too many people believe the conspiracy theories, the conspiracy theories become fact. Right. And this one, um, without saying, you know, uh, using the names, but using a lot of imagery and so forth, uh, talks about the uh, shooting at the uh, Sandy Hook school all those years ago. Yep. Doesn't say it, but a lot of imagery, a lot of the verbiage that's used and so forth um, is the crux of this issue. It's kind of really a standalone issue if you really wanted it to be. There's stuff, of course, that ties into the main overarching storyline, just things that are referenced, the relationship... Uh, with the two main characters. Uh, but this was a very heavy issue, man. 
this was a powerful issue. A very, very powerful issue. I was blown away by how good, I mean, how good this was. And it like gave me like kind of goosebumps reading it. And like just the idea of this story with the, the Sandy Hook like take on it. And the person who's like the, the main character ish of the around the conspiracy, like she's she was involved in it, you know, somehow she had somebody who was lost. And She's starting to to you know believe the conspiracy in, in all this, and it's just like everything that they do, and it just you just feel absolutely horrible for this character. And as like they're describing stuff that's going on, it I don't know it felt like, and I don't want to because I don't want to say this in the wrong way. Like if for a book that's mystical in a way. Everybody acted like if these things, I felt like this was the way they would act if these things were happening, if that makes any sense. Yes. And I was horrified, horrified, like what was happening to the mother and all this, because she's been through so much and then reality's messing with her. And we find out that with the Department of Truth, that there's no, there's no, like, there's no clear cut endings to anything. It's like, we, we have to stop this. And who knows what the ramifications are for other people, but in the end, it's going it, to, it's good for the world. And we may have to step on some, like I said, literally as this book was going on, I was getting more and more horrified in a good way, kind of a yeah. deal. Um, this is one, like I talked about crossover, the first issue being one of my favorite issues of the year. Like this is there because like this was at times like a visceral gut punch at times and i'm like that doesn't happen much when i'm reading comics so just so good and i'm like the art like i i know maybe you were iffy on it in the beginning like it is really starting to fit the feel of this book as yep. i'm as i'm reading it it's just i liked it more than i you did i think as we started but it is just like now arm in arm telling the story and it's to me it's just perfect yeah, uh, I think I'd mention this when we talk about issue one, that the art feels very Bilsenkevich-ish, mm-hmm. and sometimes could be not a bit muddled, but I had to get into the feel of what the book is right? for the, for me to catch up to what the art is trying to tell, and I'm there by issue three. And, you know, Todd, Todd mentions the mother. There's a, there's a bit in the book, and I don't want to give too much away, where... Uh, doubt is brought in on every side that you possibly can of someone, a mother who lost their child uh, in, you know, a Sandy Hook-like school shooting. Mm-hmm. And just, I'd mention the reaction that you're reading of this mother as she is having her own thoughts questioned by herself. Right. Is horrifying. And I know this may not be the book for you as we're describing this for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. But if for some reason you are intrigued by conspiracy theory stuff and don't have any sort of direct relation to something like this. Right. Because, you know, I'm not, um, you know, it's tough for me to say, well, this is a trigger warning for you. Or you, or you, or you, but I could definitely see that this issue could be a trigger warning for some. Oh, it could definitely mess with some people, yes. And right. I, so, I get what you're saying. Yeah, 
Because obviously I can't say what affects someone else. I can only affect, say what affects me. But I could do my best to just say, be wary. But it's a really good story. It is. I mean, I'm not going to ramble on about it. But I could literally talk about this issue for like a half hour. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, but then give away too much, you know. But like I said, the realistic stuff is too realistic sometimes. But good issue. I'm I'm really loving the series. I can't recommend it enough. If you believe you can deal with a lot of the the situations that will be put in this book. Yes. Uh, lastly, uh, Todd wanted to discuss Doctor Doom number nine. Mm-hmm. By Christopher Cantwell and uh, Salvador LaRocca. Mm-hmm. Is the floor mine, Joe? Yes, the floor is yours. Okay, basically this is issue nine, so I'm going to give you a brief recap of one to eight so I can discuss uh, this book. Basically, the first issue starts out, Dr. Doom is thinking about this, uh, they're doing this experiment on the moon, he says, don't do it, you can create black hole, blah, 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 destroy the world. Um, they're like, nobody believes him. Then there's an attack with maybe Doombots. He gets blamed for it. Go has to leave Latveri on the run. He leaves it in charge of his people, his cabinet, and he goes, loses his armor. He's on the run. He's with some of his old, like, you know, uh allies. There's like Morgan Le Fay and like a weird, like time hopping Kang who who's kind of messed up and they're helping him. In the end, he finds out that it was whole, it was a whole uh, conspiracy theory to get him in trouble by a neighboring country so they can take over. He gets a suit of armor, goes back home to Latveria. The only way Dr. Doom can walking out of a blizzard, riding a giant bear, not making that up. So he goes back because, like, all right, I know some of your cabinet are guilty for, for conspiring. Some goes bad for some people goes good for some people. He gets his name cleared. We come to issue nine. He's like, I have the plan to fix that thing that went wrong that I was blamed for. That's going to destroy the earth. Um, everybody please, you know, step back and leave me alone. Reed and Cap are like, this is, I don't know. Is this a good idea? And Reed's like, he's one of the smartest men on earth. I actually feel confident with him up there because he's not doing this to rule the world. He wants to stop it. And he's one of the smartest men. And I just wish he'd let me up there, but he's not going to let anybody else. Cause he wants the fame. And as Doom is thinking about this, he's like, yeah, I've been through all this. I'm thinking about stepping down from the villainy thing, and I'm going to repent and turn over my life to good and and help do the world, like, uh, fix the world. And there's a great moment while he's watching his Doombots fix everything, and he's like, this plan is solid. Even Reed believes it's solid. And he's like, you know, I'm going to step down, I'm going to do my prison time, and then come out and help the world. And, and this is a quote, and I get goosebumps reading this. And then I will rule the earth with great humility. With humility the likes of which the world has never seen. And I'm like, oh, he hasn't changed one bit. And then he ends up, you know, he's all ready, and the plan's really sound. Like I said, Reed even believes it. And Reed gives him a call to, like, go, like, you know, good luck. And this conversation goes as well as you would think between Reed and Doom. It's literally like four or five pages. Some of the best stuff, like Reed's like, good luck. Doom's like, I don't need good luck. Um, Well, okay, I know your plan is sound. Of course, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they go back and forth over semantics. Uh, Doom goes 
aggressive to straight up aggressive aggressive and in the end reed without doing anything has gotten into doom's head and he starts changing his plan and it goes about as well as you expect i do believe the next issue is the ending of this issue this is a great just one jumping on point like for the last two issues um because like they do a synopsis at the beginning and I told you what happened, but this literally is one of my favorite doom moments. The humility moment is one of my favorite doom moments of all time. And this is done really well. And it, it's been a really long time since I've seen doom and Reed butt heads like this. And Reed wasn't even trying to butt heads. And I'm like, I just had so much fun with this. If you're a doom fan, like I am just try this issue somehow, if you can get it on sale. However, uh, uh, Salvador's art is gorgeous and works and just, he's so pompous in this. It's everything I love after a f- bunch of issues of him on the run being brought low, which is not my doom, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. And I'm really looking forward to see how they end it. So, uh, I, I was going to, as you were describing everything, of course, uh, leading up to his humility speech. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what did they, like, I'm not the, do- I, I like Dr. Doom. I'm not the Dr. Doom guy. You are. Mm-hmm. But as you're saying this, I'm like, what did they do to the Dr. Doom that I know? And then you t- say that humility speech. And I'm like, oh, there he is. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> I'm reading it and he's like, yeah, you know, and he's even like in it, like, because I'm going to give too much away in this because I love this issue too much. But he's like, you know, and when I go to prison, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him my ideas for the three prisons I should go to. And here's the one, here's the second one. It's in Siberia. Uh, if I upgrade the heating units, I should be pretty good. And then if they really want me to be away, he's like, I, there's a prison in the negative universe. I'm like, you're picking where you're going to go to prison. Like, relax doom like and i was just crying and like i said when i hit the humility quote i was like nothing has changed and then when it goes bad with reed i'm like this is the doom i love and this may replace i don't know it's neck and neck with my favorite doom scene which was in an iron man issue written by michelini i believe and art by md bright where it's a famous scene where doom is waiting for tony stark in like in his office and he's staring at a painting and uh, Doom just goes, oh, uh, nice Renoir. I, I, I had I had four, but I burned one. And Stark is like, you burned one? What, what, what reason could you have for burning a priceless treasure? And Doom just looks over his shoulder and he goes, it displeased me. And I'm like, sums Doom up, but no quote sums up Doom better than I will rule with the humility of the likes the world has never seen. I'm like... If you can't figure out what's wrong with that sentence, you have a a big ego, but I love it. So. You might be worse than Doom. Yes, right. <laughs> if we were a different show and, you know, we could go out and do things, mm-hmm. I could see you taking to the convention circuit mm-hmm. a Jeff Foxworthy Jeff Foxworthy-esque, you might be a redneck if, <laughs> or you might be worse than Dr. Doom if. There you go. Sort of stand-up bit. Right. You might be Latverian. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> if you wear a metal mask and a green hood. But anyway. <laughs> well, there was that one time he wore a white hood, Todd. Oh, wait a minute. That was God Doom. That's and true. there's another great quote that I go is he was like, I was a god for a while. Well, what happened? It was beneath me. Oh. That's something Doom said, Joe. 
<laughs> Love it. He has the best quote. I may compile a list of the best Doctor Doom quotes ever. So, And it's delightfully on brand when he says something like that. Oh, there's no mistaking what he is. Right. <laughs> like oh, your... that, you know what? And that would be a good game. It's like, take a bunch of like villainous quotes mm-hmm. and try to match them up to the villain who said them. Right. Well, it's kind of easier with Doom because he, he talks in third person. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure there's a way that you can kind of like spruce it up a little bit to mask some of that sort of stuff, you know? You know what would be fun? To do a game that's actually real dictator or Dr. Doom. Oh my goodness. Here's a quote. Stalin or Von Doom? Oh, that can get us into some dangerous territory. All the uh, Noriega fans that listen to the show will get very offended. Right, all the the communist pro-Stalin uh, people. Yes. So that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them in trade, whether you get them digitally, whether you're the one that's going to get the fifth issue of the J.J. Abrams Kids Spider-Man book, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, Todd is currently in the lead with one correct guess over me. I'm hoping and praying I can make some headway here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to guess the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is Batman Catwoman number one. It is Batman Catwoman number one. All right. Um, what's Modoc Head Games? Modoc Head Games is uh, written by Patton Oswald. Okay. Uh, what else does, I think it is inspired, maybe related to the animated show that's going to be on, uh, Disney plus. Okay. Um, I was just uh, Pat Oswald, Jordan Bloom, showrunners, the upcoming animated Modoc show on Hulu. There you go. My apologies. Hulu? This is kind of like, uh, setting the groundwork for that. Oh, Okay. Um, I was just curious, just wanted to make sure that it wasn't like, you know, yes, an Alan Moore story or something. But is the book you were looking forward to most also Batman Catwoman number one? No. Daredevil 25? No. King in Black number one? King in Black number one. Ah, uh, see, you threw me off last week when you were saying, eh, you know, what was it? Absolute Carnage wasn't great. So I, I kind of hope this one's okay. Well, uh, if you read last week's poll post, which, you know, maybe it did, but that was a whole week ago, um, I did say my plan was to get caught up on Venom, because mm. uh, I would fallen behind in a couple issues of Venom, and I got caught up on Venom, so now I'm excited for King and Black. Fair enough. So if we're I, even. Yes, if I had not read, so the entire previous 11 months have meant nothing. <sighs> anyway, well, just time to... Pull a Tom Brady and deflate my comics. And <laughs> cheat. So. <laughs> so while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done together. Whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation, Todd and Joe have issues. Might be, uh, might be uh, looking at a spot there uh, next year, huh? You never know. You never know. I got to work the kinks out on that one, huh? Right. 
Uh, be sure to also check out our store, a uh, little link there where you can purchase shirts or pins or stickers with our fancy logo on them. Uh, you can also head over to our T Public store where you can get even more uh, fancy things inspired by this show, inspired by After Dark, inspired by Add-Ons with Wrestling, inspired by Final Wrestling Place. And as T Public is wont to do, uh, this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the next two Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, the entire site is 30% off. So do your shopping Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the next three weeks. If you want to get any of that sort of stuff, shirts or stickers or cell phone covers or tapestries or tablets or whatever it is that they do, 30% off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the next three weeks. Mm-hmm. You can also sign up for our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You get not one but two bonus shows uh, from Todd and I, one talking about the films of Mel Brooks, which we're getting ready to record the 12th and final installment of that this week, and previewing the past where we look at 30 years ago that month's issue of previews to see what the state of the world of comics looked like some 30 years ago. Uh, and obviously, I, I, I make no bones about this. As someone who listens to a lot of podcasts... And someone who uh, does subscribe to several people's podcast Patreons. If you are a fan of this show, and if you're listening to this, you are, then for a dollar a month to get two bonus shows of this, you cannot beat that deal. No, you can't. You cannot. Um, You know, and listen, you want to go to the $5 level, you got those two shows two weeks before everyone else, and you get After Dark three days before everyone else. Those are the incentives to go to that higher level, but a buck a month, two extra shows of us, and listen, I understand, maybe you just don't have the time. You like us? Throw us a buck. I think you'll enjoy, at the very le- if you're a comic book person, I think you'll at the very least enjoy the previewing of the past. And even if you don't even listen to the movie show, a dollar a month is more than worth it for, <laughs> uh, you know, comparison to other patrons that offer similar and like-minded content. Exactly. That's my ham-fisted pitch for that. Uh, another way that you can support the show, of course, is by making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through. We are in the thrust of the holiday season. We're out of the Cyber Monday uh, woods, and now we're heading into the Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Life Day, Earth Day. It's Life Day on the Star Wars Christmas special, right? Yes. Uh, festival Forest that's uh, uh, in front of us. Uh, I have almost all of my Christmas shopping done. I'm just waiting for about six packages to arrive. <laughs> and seven. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include... Uh, this was a pre-order, a hardcover from DC Comics, The Death of Iris West. Right. Uh, somebody purchased Where Black Eat Pizza Satan's Sigil Bahamut Pentagram T-shirt. I do both of those. I wear That's... black and eat pizza. Yes. Uh, somebody also purchased the Sunseek Reusable Silicone Straws, a pack of 12 reusable straws with pouches and cleaning brushes. Okay. Uh, it claims that it's food-grade platinum silicone. Joe, but my big question, are they odorless? 
They are odorless, Todd. Okay, yes, I was they're eight and a half inches long. Right. I hate I hate stinky nine inch straws, Joe. <laughs> I just have a I have a case that fell off the back of a truck of the late 80s, early 90s McDonald's straws that you could pretty much suck anything through. I think you could eat a McNugget through one of those straws. Right, you could probably get a golf ball through it. Right. Uh, Somebody also purchased um, from BCW Supplies current size uh, resealable comic book bags and comic boards. (gasps) As it says right in the description. Finally got it right. Ugh. Backs. You know what? I think I'm going to make it my New Year's resolution to finally get on the uh, boards train. That's right. You took that L with pride. That's right. I've only been fighting it for 30 years. Mm. And then somebody purchased the physical book, the Kindle book, and Disney hits for the ukulele, 25 songs to strum and sing. But the physical and digital book <laughs> is the classroom ukulele method entitled You Can Do It. <laughs> you can do it, too. You can do it, too. When I first saw that come up on the Amazon click-throughs, I'm like, oh, it's a book about Bob Euchre. And it wasn't. Oh, Or it could be, what you know, if you drink too much, you uke. So, he's gonna use. I I can say, is that similar to the kids that say yeet? I don't know what that is. I'll have to, I'll have to introduce you to my son. He just discovered who Dr. Doom is the other day because he's a playable character in the Fortnite. Well, well, that is true. So hopefully he'll get some taste now. Right. And I, I, I said to him, I go, I'm very happy that they have all these Marvel characters in Fortnite. Any way to get you kids to learn the important things. <laughs> right. Like, Hulk shoot name and so forth. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till your son becomes, like, you know, a Victor Von Doom guy. I'll be all right. I think I'll be safe. Mm-hmm. He was okay to his mom and dad, right? Uh, yeah, he was really good. But uh, if anything ever happens to you, like, you know, if, if your wife learns magic and gets sent to Hades, oh, look out. Ace is going to avenge her. <laughs> All right, so Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We did. Um, from Matt Turner, um, he said his daughter, uh, Lily, drew Puppet Ronnie, the limo driver from the Howard Stern show. Yes. Um, I don't know who the limo driver from the Howard Stern show is, and I don't know how old Lily is, but I have a feeling those two shouldn't go together. Well, listen, I'm I'm not here to judge, but I think that Lily did a very nice thing for her dad. Okay. In drawing his favorite, I would say the most cartoonish character from the Howard Stern show. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who I cannot say any of his catchphrases on this show. <laughs> okay. Uh, but Ronnie is uh, quite the character. Uh, I do like the use of white hair. And the, the, the contrast of the orange hair with Ronnie. I think Ronnie's pretty much all gray at this point. What? And if he is dying his hair. But uh, I would say that is a very good likeness of uh, Ron Mund, the limo driver. I'll have to look him up. I'll take your word for it. You know what I mean? Yes. I was just scared that I'd go on a list if I looked up <laughs> Ronnie, the limo driver. Eh, you probably will. Oh, okay. 
Um, also from Rebecca's art, we got a fancy scholar, scholarly dragon by Rebecca. Um, I like that. I, anytime you can have the button down uh, shirt, it makes it helps with the spectacles. Those aren't glasses, Joe. The way they're drawn, they'll be they're spectacles. Very smart dragon. He's and I'll book. say I'm I'm a fan of any sort of fantasy style creature that has wings that are very obviously for show and wouldn't be able to, you know, proportion wise, make the dragon or whatever fly. Right. Like even those little uh, ankle wings on Namor. Well, he's not a fantasy creature. He's the first mutant of the Marvel universe. That's right. That's a documentary, right? Yes. Okay. But Atlantis. Um, and finally, I put a, an art attack in, Joe, a Kevin Maguire Dr. Fadehead sketch, which was thrown in free of charge with the last couple of sketches he owed me because they were a tad bit late, Joe. Todd, you're, you're very lucky. I know there's people that can do this, and I'm sure that you could have if you took the time to do so. But if I was constructing this, tw- this tweet for you, mm-hmm. I would have put p- quotes around free of charge. And I would have underlined, bolded, and somehow further emphasized a tad bit late. Oh, okay. That's well, just me. Technically, it was free. Mm-hmm. Technically, it was free. He, he said, here's an extra one for your trouble. So, I don't know what you're talking about. I did pretty good. It Lots only, of trouble. It only took a, a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. Limited. <laughs> all right so hey if you uh have recently got any sort of art uh from someone that you waited a uh relative amount of time or you yourself are a burgeoning artist uh, and you want to share that with us of course tweet it out tag todd's art attack um and we'll share it with the rest of the world right time is relative joe what was that time is relative so mm-hmm. But anyway, so I think that's it for this part of the show. We're going to get into discussion of the most recent episode of The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So if you are not watching The Mandalorian uh, or do not want to be spoiled because there's going to be spoiler talk. Right. uh, We bid you adieu. Thanks for listening. Episode 531, Longbox Heroes. And we're just going to take a bit of a pause here to take care of this. Okay. So, Todd, remember last week I said I really need to be more proactive and watch Mandalorian, like, as soon as it comes out? Yeah, I remember you saying that. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, obviously, this past week was a holiday. We're home from work and school and everything else like that. Uh, so my kid was monopolizing much of the screens. Uh, if you if you listen to uh, After Dark this week, you'll hear how I spent a majority of my Friday um, being imported and exported across town. <laughs> right. So it wasn't until like later in the evening before I got a chance to sit down to watch The Mandalorian. But by that point, I had already been inundated by direct messages and texts telling me I need to watch Mandalorian now. Right. Or, have you watched it? I need to talk to you about something. Yep. Same here, to tell you the truth. Right. I mean, I, I watched it 
probably earlier than you. I watched it uh, Friday at some point because I had the day off also right. um, early. And I was like, okay, it's done. But people were direct messaging me and, you know, they were like, oh, did you see the newest episode? I think you'll like it. I'm like, okay, I better get on this before some doofus slips up. Now, I will say this. By the time that I watched it, I had already seen just people tweeting out of context mm-hmm. um, shots of uh, Ashash Gatano. I call her Oshkosh by gosh, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, the character in the episode played by Rosario Dawson, she was apparently a character in the Clone Wars animated series, as it is. Maybe. I didn't know if it was that one or Rebels, but it was one. Right. right. I think it was Rebels or Clone Wars or both or one or the other. I know she was from those, right? Mm-hmm. So I see a bunch of people just tweeting out or putting on Facebook sc- shots from the cartoon. And I'm no dope. I put two and two together. The episode's named Jedi. People are tweeting this out. Okay, she's in the episode. So, all right, I guess it's spoiled on me. Mm -hmm. Little did I know how much more was going to happen in this episode. Yeah, I'm just happy that Michael Bean is getting a paying gig. I was, it was good to see Reese, man. It was so good. And and that's the thing. He's He's an older gentleman now. And looks like a thumb. <laughs> uh, but I'm a, I'm a fan of Michael Bean as a that guy actor, and to see him pop up in this, like I I I popped huge for him, and that could have been enough. Right. It took me a second, but I was like, "Is that Mr. Bean?" Yes, it is. Not that Mr. Bean, a different no, Mr. Bean. Right. So you know we're we're continuing on, and I lamented last week about every episode is like, okay, you go here, Mandalorian with. Baby Yoda. <laughs> right. And like at the end of the episode, it's like, okay, now you have to go here and meet like a new cast of characters. And at the end of that episode, they're probably going to tell you, hey, now you have to go here and there's going to be a new cast of characters. And wouldn't you know who won the pony? That's what happens in this episode. But this episode was so good, I'm okay with that now. What, you don't like uh, side missions in a video game, Joe? Well, it, it feels as though this season is just eight side missions strung together as a narrative. I don't mind because I've enjoyed them all. So Right. I don't mind that either, but I just like let him stay in one spot for like two episodes. He uh, I get what you're saying in two episodes, but he's a, he's the traveler, Joe. Yeah. You know, so and I don't know. I kind of would I mean, I would like to see him in my if, if I had a gripe. My gripe was he goes from town to town flinging money to fix his ship and stuff like that, but we know we don't see him work. I would like in between this to see him do a few bounties or something like that, you know, just to keep the, to keep the lights on in the razor crest for sure. But I get what you're saying. So, all right. So that being said, um, the, the episode starts off with, uh, Rosario Dawson's character, as Todd mentioned, Oshkosh Bagosh, uh, running afoul of Morgan Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. The most Star Wars sounding name in Star Wars history. That's right. So she is apparently taken over this little town, is kind of ruling things with an iron fist, treating the people poorly. And uh, Ashka wants some sort of information from her about her master. Mm -hmm. So Mando shows up in town with Baby Yoda. uh, Ends up going to Morgan, who essentially says... 
hey, Mandalorians and Jedis, you guys don't like each other. There's a Jedi who's giving me some grief. If you go take care of her, I'm going to give you this funky staff that's made of pure Beskar. Right. So Mando's like, sure, I'll do this. And I knew he wasn't going to be on with, you know, Morgan. Uh, Mando's got a pretty... You know, even though he got the the, the 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 squid head people got the jump on him, I think he's got a good sense of uh, who's good and evil when it comes to this sort of thing, right? Right, but I also like that she's like, oh, I'll give you this Beskar, Beskar staff if you go whack her, like bring me her head kind of a deal. And he and he just, he never said yes. That's an important thing as he walks out, you know what I mean? So I found that interesting, but go ahead. So then he meets up with Mando, meets up with Ashka, and this is where he, Mando, is like, hey, what's the deal with Baby Yoda? And we get Baby Yoda's origin story. Mm-hmm. And we get his shoot name. Which we know is true because every time Mando said it, he looked at him. Yes. Um. So uh, Baby Yoda's name is Grogu. And our friend Becky tweeted out the other day. Saying that she doesn't care how controversial of a tweet this is. <laughs> I'm not calling him Grogu. I'm calling him Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. I'm in that <laughs> camp too, man. I too. And I saw a meme of, <laughs> of uh, coming to America. And I hate memes, but this one got me. And I couldn't find it. I saw it and it was like gone, you know? Right, right. It was the characters from the barbershop at uh, uh, coming to America. Mm-hmm. And it's the Arsenio Hall character, and it's specifically from the the part where they're talking about which boxers could beat what other boxers. And he says his mama named him Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. <laughs> and it was right. a shot of him, and it said his mama named him Baby Yoda. I'm gonna call him Baby Yoda. <laughs> that's fantastic, right? I'm like, that's great. <laughs> so, uh, the main thing is, so we get. Uh, Baby Yoda's origins back to, at the very least, the prequels that he was being trained at those temples before every, everyone kind of got killed off, but he was shunted away and he's been spending all of this time in hiding, trying to suppress his Jedi abilities so that he will not be found out. Right. And I thought that was very interesting and then we get the scene where Ashka's attempting to test Baby Yoda to see how powerful or not powerful he is, or how much of his Jedi Force midi-chlorian things that he was able to do. And we get the you know we get the little bit at the beginning when they were in the Razor Crest, and Baby Yoda wants that shiny ball off the 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 the, sh- the, the gear shaft or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and Mando has it on him because Baby Yoda took it out of the ship. And Ashka's trying to get him to do whatever, like move this rock, take this rock, and he didn't care. But because it was the the metal object that he wanted out of the ship, Baby Yoda was able to do stuff with that. Right. If only she had a bucket of eggs that he could have done that too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Or maybe uh, you know, any food. The kids a the kids are, you know, a, an empty chasm when it comes to eating. Right. So now we they they formulate a plan Mando and Ashka to go ahead and get the drop on uh Morgan Elizabeth um it's kind of led to they lead her Morgan Elizabeth to believe that Ashka got the drop on Mando she infiltrates into like behind her walls 
they have a battle, lightsaber battle with the Besker spear, and I thought that battle was really cool. Right. And Mando shows up, and he and Michael Bean's character have, like, a back and forth uh, where Michael Bean is trying to, like, present himself as just like, hey, man, I'm just a soldier of fortune, and I kind of go where the wind goes, and I could feel that maybe I'm on the losing side here, so I'm just going to take a walk. But, of course, he's lying. He's full of baloney. He gets shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to leave the last part of this for you, Todd. Right. Um, so basically, uh, Oshkosh by gosh, that's what's her name? Elizabeth? Uh, uh, Morgan Elizabeth. Morgan Elizabeth. She's like, all right, I, you know, I won. So now I want to know where your master is. And, you know, your little master by the name of Thrawn. And Joe, I popped. I popped huge because now i know he's been in either rebels or clone wars or whatever and he's been around and he had you know this past with them but i only know thrawn from the books and he's one of my favorite characters so the fact that he might show up in the this mandalorian show um i'm fascinated with and the rumors that it might be uh, is it wednesday comics one of our uh yep. listeners I was gonna mention, friend of the show long time listener of the show uh, Wednesday Comics with an X. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had pointed out to us that they were the ones about two years ago, uh, kind of at the beginning of all this, to call this and I guess point out that there had been rumors and innuendo that it was going to be Matt Smith, who's a the Doctor 11. Who, yep, was going to play Doctor. Ron. Right, because he was supposed to be in Rise of Skywalker, maybe? Something and- like that. Right, his part got cut, and it was rumored that he was Thrawn in there, blah, blah, blah. But if that's true, if it turns out to be Matt Smith and Thrawn, you'll you'll hear me screaming um, from your house, Joe. So I'm I'm really looking – I'm, I'm hoping that's what it is. But just the fact that they name-dropped him means he has to show up, right? Or at least, if not, when Oshkosh by gosh gets her own show, he has to show up there. So, Well, we um... – we could even get him as a tease. Like you don't even need to cast him for this season. You could tease him at the end of season two to be the villain for season three. Right. And if you don't use him, all you need is a silhouette with bright red eyes. Yeah. Which is fine. Which makes sense. I think Gideon's working for Thrawn. You know what I mean? For sure. So I'm all, I'm all about that. I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I do want to talk about one thing with baby Yoda. All Uh, right. I believe that baby Yoda now is going to turn Sith because I believe he's the love child of Yaddle and Count Dooku. Oh, that's where you get the Grogu from. And he's going to turn into Count Grogu instead of Count Dooku. And he's going to turn and become like some Darth Cuteus or something like that. I would love to see Baby Yoda as Darth Cutius with a little red lightsaber. Oh okay. my god, in a, in a black whatever he's wearing. Oof. This is not the first time you've floated this theory, and I hate it every time. However, well, it wasn't with Dooku the last time. It was with Yoda. Now well, it makes your more theory sense. is now being fleshed out. Right. So while I hate your theory, your theory with a white, fiery, hot passion. <laughs> right. The marketing person in me sees so much opportunity to take unsold baby yoda merchandise paint it black and resell it next year 
as Darth Cutius? Yes. <laughs> oh, so, so good. You make some stickers, you put them on the boxes, you give them a spray paint of black, and boom, it's a new thing. That's right, and the money rolls in. Just a license. So, hey, I'm liking, uh, I, I like uh, Mandalorian, it's a good show. I do too, and I thought I thought Rosaria Dawson did a fantastic job. Yes, I'm not really familiar with the, char- the character because, like I said, I do feel like if I was more into the Rebels or Clone Wars, like a lot of these characters would make. They might have been around before, but I don't know, you know. But I'm enjoying it. Uh, I will say um, the alien species that she is uh, is Twilic, right? Uh, which is the alien species of my favorite uh, <laughs> Star Wars character, Bib Fortuna. So yep. if that means uh, Bib Fortuna somehow survived the explosion of Jabba's uh, sail barge, and maybe he shows up in this, I'll be all about it. Right. I know the extended universe stuff isn't fact anymore. They wiped it all away. But the short story is Bib Fortuna did survive... <gasps> He wasn't on the uh, barge at the time, but you remember those walking spiders that were in Jabba's palace that nobody knew what they were? They were like brains in a globe from the bottom of a, of a spider. Do you remember that? Yes. That he was attacked by one of those and his brain was taken out of his body and he was put in one of those. That's what one of the short stories said. So that's the way I always see Bib now is in a fishbowl with legs. I, I see him. I see him as beautiful as he looked when he comes out of the shadows, confronts Luke in Return of the Jedi, and says, We want a wonga. And I'm like, oh, that's my man. You must you must let him speak. Oh, weak will weak-minded fool. Oh. Good stuff. Bib uh, Bib didn't get enough screen time. No, but you know what though? He in a different world, he could have been like Boba Fett, where when they do the remasters. He's right. in like he's in both the front shot and the reverse shot at the same time. You know, he gets like he goes from having five minutes of screen time to forty-five minutes of screen time. Right, right. <laughs> and I mean, they just lost out on tons of merchandise. And just a bib for Tana for Tuana bib yeah. would be like twenty left on the table, as far as I'm concerned. Oh. When you're eating, ooh, maybe. He could be the guy. He brought the frogs to Jabba. Maybe he could be the one who brings the frogs to uh, Baby Yoda. There you go. There you go. It comes all around to the frogs, man. I still, I still don't like the idea of uh, Sith Baby Yoda, Darth what? Cutius, but... <laughs> Darth Cutius, son of Yaddle and Count Dooku. Love child. Now, if you wanted to call him the love child, Baby Yoda, I'm fine <laughs> 100% down. And you wouldn't even have to remarket a lot of stuff. You know those stickers that you're putting on everything? Yeah. You could just put the love over child, you know what I mean? And you're good to go. Oh, so this is also related but unrelated as we wrap up the show, right? I mentioned we mentioned during the main port part of the show about how uh, Doctor Doom and whatnot is in the Fortnite. Right. Apparently, one of the new ACDC songs was in the Fortnite as well. Oh, good. The kids, the kids will like that. Maybe Ace will learn that too. Uh, Demon Fire. Great. That's the best song off the album. Okay. So spoilers. So it happened today. 
that the big Galactus event happened, like ended where they like, they're taking a break on Fortnite. And then when it comes back up tomorrow, it's going to be Star Wars Mandalorian stuff. Right. But the last like month has been Marvel stuff. And there's like this big cut scene where all the Marvel characters and your Fortnite characters are banding together to take down Galactus. And you're like in this modified bus and, like, I don't know why you're going through, like, Death Star trenches, but whatever, man. <laughs> and uh, the ACDC song plays there. And, like, my kid did it while I was at work. And then before I came and recorded the show, he pulled it up on YouTube. And he's like, Dad, you got to watch this. This was awesome. So mm -hmm. it was it was his, his – the character he was using was Doctor Doom. And, you know, as they're battling Galactus, Demon Fire by ACDC is playing. So it's the most Todd experience in a video <laughs> game that he didn't even know happened. That's right. Maybe he's my love child. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you might need to call Stan Malibu on that one first. Oh, that is true. All right. So that's enough shenanigans and nonsense here. Thank you, everyone, for real listening to episode 531 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying see y'all next week remember be a faucet not a drain Boop! you're listening to the soon-to-be-named network the lamborghini <laughs> of Podcast Networks.